Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Don't you roll your eyes at me before I've even Fucking, started. I wish you could get eye rolling on. <laughs> yeah, it's on there. Scraping eyelids. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, episode 35 of Hang On To Your Hat, and we'd like to welcome to the studio Dan Donahue. Bad Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and, well, the love, of course. <laughs> Derek Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. <laughs> See, that's a that's a Missy Higgins original song. That that'll be on the next best of. No, it won't. There's no way that's going to happen. <laughs> one but my, it is. One one of my I was uh, producing a new show, like starting to produce a new show, and the and someone was saying, "Oh, what do we do about music?" And it's a conversation that everyone has to have with a podcast because mm. people go, "That's all right, I know." Like you know, oh, "That's all right, I know." I know someone. I know someone. Blah blah blah, and you go, "You can't use the recording." If you can get if you can get them to come in here and do it, mm-hmm. then they they can sign off maybe on the intellectual property, mm. but not but not the recording because that's EMI or fucking Sony or oh. something like that. Mm. So you're in big big traps. Oh, I see. And I just go no, and, and someone said, oh yeah, I know you know I know someone from this someone band, and they'll do something, and I'm going all right, air okay. supply or something. And the other one went, oh, aren't you fancy? I said, oh yeah, no, it's pretty normal. Like we got Missy. We've got Missy Higgins to do our um, our intro. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful. Very expensive. <laughs> hey, do you like the way, Dan, that we just ignore the guest at the very start? I do. I really enjoy <laughs> that. Good. It it's, makes you feel really comfortable, actually. It's perfectly normal. It's designed to put you on edge. Like, oh, fuck. The, you know, probing questions. And because I'm a polite fellow, I'm not going to sort of interrupt and yeah, sort of exactly. jump in and make myself known. I'll wait for the formal introduction. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a t- it's a test. Yeah. It's a kind of character test. Yeah. Welcome, so, though, Dan, to this magnificent studio of Derek's. Thanks for having me. Long-time listener, first time sitting in the seat. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, in the hot seat. So maybe I'll start by chat. telling people how, how you come to be here, how I know you. Dan and I were um, – we, we used to do a show at Revolver back in the days when it wasn't shit. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> Can you tell me what day that was? Back when it was hard to get in. Revolver's a nightclub for our um, Icelandic – uh, listeners, by the way, um, it was an it was a very very trendy nightclub in the in early turn of the century period where you, actually it was hard to get in. Now you can just they just get anyone, anyone in, the, yeah. You know, everyone from Ringley, Ringley, Dingley, and Ringwood just <laughs> go in there and stay all weekend. I thought it was a daycare center for people that didn't quite want to go home after. A well, it's night got a night. restaurant in it, so you can stay all weekend. Oh, that's so, nice. It is nice, but so anyway, we we I, I we had a show called The Fear. And it was like various we, – we had various different spoken word people and whatever. And Dan and I both hosted it. He was good Dan. I was bad Dan. And we did various stuff. So, And then we, we didn't see each other for a long time. Uh, and I had your number because we – somewhere along the line. Yeah. Now, I sent uh, Dan a message with this show saying – because I knew – Dan's written some books about child raising. Is that right? 
that's a that's a fair yeah yeah, yeah. sort of much, a, yeah someone let about me put kids pen anyway, to paper, about having so, kids yeah. yeah yeah and um so I thought well, he might be interested in this and he he um he got back to me and you'd listen you'd been listening I had been listening and enjoying and learning yeah, which was great yeah but uh, and so you're a father of four I'm a father of four yes father of four and the other reason I probably reconnected. At that point, as well, is that uh, I'd had I've had a pretty significant year in my life yeah. that is directly related to my parenting or my mm. fathering, um, and uh, and and I think maybe, yeah. Look, honestly, it's probably the vulnerability of this show and the way your guests and yourselves unpack things that I suddenly was like, Haha, I found the person I need to have a chat with, <laughs> yeah. uh, because um, I um, my my second son Collier uh, last year. Um, was downstairs um, playing Fortnite, a game that gets probably talked about a bit on this show. Mm. And he came upstairs and said, oh, something's wrong. I feel a bit unwell. Uh, and his eyes were in a really weird space. And um, a whole range of events then took place, which identified that he was having a, uh, a an aneurysm, a bleed in his brain. Right, um, yeah. And so um, after uh, two weeks in intensive care and operations and all of those sorts of things, uh, he died. Yeah. And so I'm in. Uh, I've been going through a year in this situation with a, a, a yeah, with a situation that is the thing that we as dads and as parents um, uh, d- don't dare think of sometimes, or just mm. sits at the back of our minds. And that's been um, that's that's now part of my life and my parenting journey. Yeah, yeah. The sort of the worst case scenario happens. You know, it's it's we it's it's yeah, it is lurking in the back of everyone's. Parenting. Oh, and I it's think. yeah. And look, and for me, the whole thing, the initial thing, and still is, and I think it will always be because you don't. I'm not someone who's necessarily planned a lot. Like I know some people seem to do that sort of stuff, but I don't plan a life or work out what's going to happen next until it sort of happens. But, yeah. But the thing now is like, oh, I'm one of those people now. Yeah. yeah. Which is an which is, which is just how it is. Yeah. You know, you, that's just I am. Yeah. I am a father of four kids, and and I'm a father who has who has lost a child. And yeah. that's um, yeah, that's a, it's it's both it's an extraordinary thing, and and just the time you then take to try and integrate that into well, what does that mean for me? Yeah, yeah. As a dad, how does did that you work? spend? You know, there's some, there's some pretty casual parents around, and there's and there's disaster rises, and I put myself heavily yeah. in the disaster riser category. Yeah, I think so too. Right, and yeah. you know, I've still prod my. Nine-year-old every morning <laughs> because he's like fast asleep. But did were you were, were you would you consider yourself a disasterizer before it? Like like did no, you I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a disasterizer. I'm. Yeah. I'm probably um maybe an avoider sometimes yeah, in the sense yeah. of like if there is something that seems to be really not good yeah. with a kid, I yeah. sort of try and look on the shiny side and be like, oh, it'll yeah. be it'll be okay. We'll yeah. be right here. This is, you know, it's croup. Take him out of the cold or we'll just go to the hospital. We'll be, you know, oh, whatever. We'll, yeah. you know, and not, and reasonably trying not to yeah. get too panicked about that stuff. So, and even more so now, now I'm in this space where it's just like, you know, um, the perspective on what control you have over life is extraordinary. Mm. So oh. I just sit there now and I'm like, well, anything can happen. Right, but then it's like yeah. you have to then live with the experience of being like, well, anything can happen, and how do I still, yeah, you know, the biggest thing as a father is about the fact that I still have um, 
Collier's older brother, Felix, who's 17 and is in the midst of his VCE stuff and all the mm. importance that yeah. people try and place on that type of thing with their education. But he also has younger brothers who are eight and five. And it's about how do I now, how do we support and parent and father them through the experience that they now have of that as their life yeah. as a sibling, as, as I have a brother who has died. And, and then, and, you know, we tell our kids, especially young kids, all kinds of stuff about, yeah. about stuff that we're not really good at talking to them about, about sex and about, about death and about all those things. And we, and we fill that with things that we've learned from other parents or some of us use religion and other things. And so now, you know, I've had to spend a year and I'm going to probably be spending lots of years into the future working with, them to try and help them to un like what do I say now to a five year old when they say oh what what you know I can't say now when they go oh what if you might die and I go oh I won't die for a long time yeah yeah that's not a truth in Rory the five year old's world anymore yeah, so the truth has unfair, to the, the story has to be something different yeah. which is mm. I know you're only five I'm sorry I have to give you this level of complexity but the likelihood is we're all going to be here for a really long time yeah. but we just but we don't know. Beautifully, they're amazing. Are these are, are these guys ranging, you know, from seventeen yeah. down to down to sort of prep age? Yeah, are they? I mean, is that helping you? Yeah, like you've got a you've got a it's that classic thing, you know. Uh, you've got to help. You've got to help them, and you're in, inadvertently right. Number one, you've got something to do and think about and worry about, but also you. Everything you're telling them, you can actually go, oh. all right, tell yourself. Well, it's not only telling yourself. They're help you, they are helpful in the fact that they come at it without all of the adult stuff that we yeah, bring yeah. to stuff. Yeah. So so they are very – they talk about Collier all the time. And when someone dies, the idea of what's left of them is the stories and the things that you have to, to, to tell of them. They, they, yeah. That's how you they, they remain with you in the stories that you tell or in those things. So the fact that they still talk about him in the present tense, Collier would like mm. this. Yeah. Um, even though they know that he's died. Um, or, you know, often over this period of time, because it's just been the first anniversary not 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 too long ago, um, rather than doing grand gestures of sort of identifying anniversaries or things. I've found a lot of pleasure and, and the kids have sort of guided that too in just really small moments, lots of small moments of remembering. Yeah. And so, you know, like Liam will be like, oh, I want to have Indian tonight. And that's his, like, Collier loved Indian, takeaway Indian. So that's his way of being like, I'm feeling as me as an eight-year-old that I want to connect a bit with Collier, so I will, oh, look, can we just have Indian tonight? And we'll do that. And I like and I like yeah. that, and we'll we'll talk about something, and it doesn't have to be forced, and it doesn't have to be deeply specific, ritualized, but all of those things are rituals in a way. Yeah, and and yeah. and it's interesting. It seems like some people make a choice to avoid those kind of remembrances on a daily basis, and 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 sort of keeping the person that's gone there, but. It seems like that's a really healthy thing to do and like a lot of other yeah. cultures do that. Yeah. You know, they'll have maybe a year or periods of time where they dress a certain way or they they pay tribute to a person and it's yeah, we've got it this, seems like a very important yeah. thing to do. We've got this instinct here or maybe culture, you know, we, we talk a bit about how or you do about how we Deal. We were talking about Anth with Anthony, yeah, right. about all that. How we, how we, our culture just does not deal with 
with death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that well, it, it, I think what you were saying earlier about having to say to the boys, well, you can't just say it's not going to happen. You, you've got to say, well, because clearly it can happen, and we are we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. The likelihood is low, but yeah. but it, but that's a kind of a good thing. I mean, it is the truth, and it means that you have to then talk, do the appropriate talking around. Yeah, them. that's the bit I think we don't want to do. It's the kind of and it's and and there's different ways to do that. Like storytellers are amazing people, and actually, mm. it's in those it's in stories and it's in telling mm. of stories. Mm. You know, which wherever you stand on on religion, and 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 I don't necessarily, but if you think about the fact of how many religions are driven by stories, like yeah. for us, it's been a little bit like that. So, like the Royal Children's Hospital give all sorts of support and stuff when you've been through that process. And there's one book that they have, I think maybe, I don't even know who it is, written by, it's called Beginnings and Endings and Living in Between. Mm. And it's this beautiful book that just talks about the fact of like an ant is born and an ant lives for a certain amount of time and then an ant dies and the same, and a tree can be planted and it can live for hundreds of years and then it, like it's this sort of sense of like, it's been great to read to the kids because it actually helps them focus on, well, the important bit is the, is the living. The important bit is what yeah. we are now and where we're at. Yeah. Mm. And while we need to know that these things exist and actually fundamentally the beginning and the ending of anything, particularly of a life, are both significant. And mm. I agree with you in the sense of we seem to put a lot of emphasis on the beginnings in our culture and not as much emphasis on the endings, mm. and yet they are the bookends. So there's, there's – um, Sorry. No. There's, and there's a shame – at any good coming out of an ending, you know that that, yeah. that, that this is—it's like we have yeah. to kind of go. Oh, that was a dreadful thing. Put it behind us. When if these if this is done right, and the and the boys get to process this stuff, and they can, and and Collier stays as part of your family story, and then then you would think that that's going to help them in the long run with their own mortality. With like if it's done right, yeah. Whereas if you push it underground. Rather than it meaning that you come to terms with mortality, you could be worse off than anyone else. Like you see adults who lost a, a sibling very early on who are very un, not well adjusted about mortality because it was just pushed away. So it's an opportunity to sort of... Yeah, I think so. And the thing that I think has been really fascinating... Well, the thing I've found fascinating is that I've always been someone who has lived in my head a lot, like I think through everything yeah. and try and reason and rationalise things. And 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 ever since ever since the moment it happened, and when Cole, even when Cole was in the ambulance and heading to the emergency thing for the first time, like I realised that all of a sudden I wasn't, I was thinking with my body, which is yeah. rather rather than my head. And I've been doing that a lot. And and the mm. thing about what you were just the reason I wanted to sort of mention that then was that I think in our culture, what we seem to do is we like to have, you know, steps. It's like everything's a self-help book. Here's what you do. It's one, mm -hmm. two, and three. Yeah. And and the problem with that, or the problem with that in our situation is that we chose not, we haven't sort of gone, what's the rules? I haven't looked at what, there's definitely stages of grief. I haven't worried about what they are. In some ways, what we should be doing is giving permission to just, well, deal with it how you need to deal with it. Mm. If dealing with that means that sometimes we just have a big cry at night, well, that's what we do. Or if sometimes yeah. it means that we deal with it by having an Indian dinner, if sometimes we're dealing with it by just, you know, my wife's been great because she's been like, I've been like, I just, and I'm not someone who would thought of Bill, but I just want to keep his room how it is. And she's like, mm. we can do that as long as you want. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that as yeah. long as we want. And there's no rule. 
our problem is our society likes to sort of have rules or the lines in the yeah. sand, like we finish here, we start here, we do that. Wow. Whereas for all of us and each of us, it should be what we need to do to deal with it mm. in the moment, as long as that doesn't impact in a significantly negative way on someone else, as long as it's, you know, not, having, it's not having a significantly detrimental effect on yourself. Yeah. If you're chasing something down a rabbit hole that you need some support with to be like, no, no, yeah. don't, don't And you're letting go of that. all the, the real world The real world and, things. I guess yeah. within those contexts, it's like, yeah, mm. we need to just, we need to find our way. And you're limited yeah. to how, I guess you, you are limited to how much kind of extreme grief action you can take because you've yeah. you've got this, on, the boys, got this ongoing got responsibility. You've got... The end of high school that just terrifies me. Where that's mm. in, completely unthinkable as well, and 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 having prep at the same time. So there's there's work to be done as well. Like, surely yeah, you yes. can't really no, go like, on a bender in in Tahiti or anything. like Life, that. yeah, life goes on. The daily mundane of it. Like it's this. You know, one of the most amazing things I've been. Reading. You know that time of that time. There was a time of grief. There was a time when Kolya was in intensive care and yeah. the pro the process of of dying, and then the process after that, whereby society and there is there seems to be a line. I don't know what that line is, but for there was a period of time where society was just like you don't have to do anything. There's very few times in our lives, yeah. and because the younger boys, my wife is is was called your stepmom and all the rest of it just worked out that it meant that I was able to have this time where I was just able to completely be free of of all the worry and all the, like nothing mattered. It was an extraordinary space. Now you yeah. can't, you know, you, you I could feel like how I could get addicted to that because it was deeply. But you can't live like that because yeah. you've got to cook food, or you've got to make lunches, or you've got to do those things. And so slowly, life, like you said, has crept in. Yeah. And and I don't know, and you and and in some ways, like I've suggested, in some ways, approaching that with with a vigor and yeah. with a diff, trying to hold on to that perspective, like perspective goes, it yeah. vanishes, but trying to hold on to that perspective as long as you can to be yeah. like, what's really important? Remember what's really important because yeah. you had that clarity there. Don't let go of that, yeah, you yeah. know. Don't don't yeah. let that just don't become sucked into the yeah. the grey and the everyday and just you know try and hold on to that. But if we stuff. push it away and pretend that it didn't happen and never mention someone's yeah. name, there's a loss of that. Yeah, as you say, you can't hold on. You're, you're actively going against holding on to the perspective. And That's going, what I was going like, to. Like, it's like Anthony talking about dying once he's he's yeah. he's sort of come to terms with that. It seems like. People that go through these things have uh, access to some important perspectives that we all could use. You and know? I don't know. And the, the reality is, is that, or from my perspective, I don't know, you know, I don't have a font of wisdom to, to offer up necessarily. No. It's almost like you hold on to that for yourself and whatever oh, yeah. that is, but how you are, it's almost like, yeah, it has to be the experience, the lived experience of yeah. that to, to make sense of that for you as a person or whatever that is. But, but it is fascinating with Felix, who's, who's 17. He's, he was, he's sort of a January baby, so it means that held him back. He's going to be 18 all through year 12. Yeah. Mm. But that's been a fascinating process too because he's making some decisions and he's, he's got someone to talk to and all of that sort of stuff professionally and all the rest of it. But because of where he's at, he has made some decisions and we talk about the fact that he's saying, well, at the moment I am compartmentalising a few things. Right, yeah. Because I don't feel like I can go to some of those places while I'm trying to focus on 
yeah. these yeah. other things that, that I've decided are important for me. And we've had that chat. What's important? What do you want to do? Do you even need to, you know, I'm a pretty open. I'm like, do you need to finish it? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Like we could do whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's what's fascinating as the kids get older is that he's going to be – so I've got to have, I'm going to have an adult son as of yeah. January next year, right? <laughs> and there's this weird process that you go through that's – well, it's not a weird process. It's a normal process. People, I think some people try and hang on and control. You're still a kid. You're still under my roof. Rah, 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 that sort of old yeah. school thing. Whereas for me, it's been this process of like ever since he sort of hit adolescence, it's like, well, I've been walking in front of you, protecting you and trying to guide you and do all of that sort of stuff. And there's this sort of process of then sort of moving back to sort of walk alongside you. Yeah. And my role as a parent now with him is to be like, I, I can't make any of your decisions. You choose the subjects. I'm not sitting here going, you should do homework. You should do that. That's your call. You're you're an adult now. My yeah. job is to provide the support or the perspective yeah. or the in, or whatever I can offer cash. you to help. <laughs> and the cash. And the ca- Though it's also about supporting, you know, you're going to have a part-time job. Okay, good. How do we do that? What's that going to look like? You you were, know. were you kind of like that anyway or is this – um, been sharpened. Oh no! I think that I think I was. That's my that's my approach. My approach yeah, is to be well. I'm, you know, the book I wrote, Idolizing Children, because I worked in childcare and then worked in government around child and family policy stuff and these sorts of things. I'm, you know, there's this sort of thing about child centered or what does it mean to respect children and young people. So I mm. I come at things from what other people in a more you know, academic-y sort of way might call sort of like a rights-based approach to children. It's like you are both a child, but you are both a human, but you're also a human being. Yeah. And you have rights to a whole range of things. And what is that? And I've always, in work, but also then in my parenting, I'm sort of trying to juggle that. I'm like, where does this stand? Mm. Like what, I need to protect you and support you and keep you safe, but that shouldn't be overridden by the fact that I need to support you to take, like part of keeping you safe is supporting you to take risks. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. a weird sort of thing. Yeah. Like if I'm to do That's my right. job to help you to become a capable, confident adult member of society doing what you would like to do, mm. I need to, and that's that's hard to navigate. That's why in Idolizing Children I talked about the fact that I thought all the parenting books were ridiculous because they all in some form presented some idealized view of this is what you need to do to be a like a good Mm. and so i talked about the idea of good enough parenting yeah i've got this little my own personal theory is if you do like if you're if you are a parent who like 50.01 percent of the time does the good stuff then that's probably going to be enough like if you talk to a lot of people who are raised in reasonably well-adjusted most people like the don't the, the bad stuff fades into view and you remember all the nurturing and all the happy times and the good stuff as a parent, I find that fascinating too because stuff for Felix and Collier, like when we divorced and I was living in a, you know, a friend's parents' house in Castlemaine, you know, we were all sharing this one double bed and I just felt like life was at its absolute, everything had fallen apart. I had nothing. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I had these awesome. kids in these sounds things. Like Charlie they, the chocolate factory, they remember that with this yeah. absolute <laughs> romantic fondness. When yeah. I thought the world was coming to pieces, they saw that as a time where they felt really connected to me and close yeah. mm-hmm. and that they had a great time. And oh, I remember, and we were able to walk to school because we lived so close. And it was just, and when that started, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Even my perspective on what's like, that's the child rights thing. You can't know what they're thinking or what their experience is. Unless you ask them. Uh, and sometimes they won't be old enough or have a developmental level where they'll be able to tell you exactly what that is. But as they're older, they can give you these perspectives that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Mm. You know? Yeah. The, 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 yeah. 
I try and pull. I Sorry. try and actually. <laughs> I lost it. I try and actually see that. This is something I've been trying to do lately, and I know it's an excuse for having a shitty little house with my children now sharing a bedroom. There's an eleven and a nine year old, both genders. So, I, like, the pressure's on to find another room and do something. But I, but I do try and view it from their memories, which is weird because they're not even made yet. So yeah. I do try and. Maybe to justify, and, and then I go, oh, am I just trying to justify just being too lazy to work hard and build an extension or do something like that? But I, tr- I try and go, you know what? If I was, if I looked back and went, oh, yeah, we were, we were cool. It was a little house, so we were in each other's pockets all the time. It was always messy because there was barely enough floor space for all the laundry in the whole house and all that. I'd probably go, that we were living, we were having a great time. You know, the kids said, oh, you know, mum says we're poor. And I said, D- l- let me tell you something. <laughs> we just went to a cafe and I just spent $35 getting you a fucking <laughs> croissant and you've already had your muesli and a hot chocolate with a marshmallow. I said, poor people don't do that. I said, next time mum says we're poor, say, no, mum, we're reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so I'm training him. I'm training him to to just to recategorize us. My parents are reckless with money. We're not poor. Like, <laughs> but man, it's God knows what na- the office ladies in the school I probably think that. we're. It's all narrative, poor right? <laughs> if look, if if you were getting drunk every night and beating them, right? Yeah. Then the details of the the way that they were deprived of a bedroom each and all that stuff would come to in florid detail to the fore right like but if if they if the they have a great relationship with you and there's love and adventure then all of that stuff becomes details of adventure you know yeah. what i mean like it's so and and whatever happens in our lives is that whatever narrative you're going to tell you know you can either shut the, the the danger is having is just shutting the narrative off you know and I'm interested with, with you, with the, with your other uh, boys, like those different ages that you kind of started talking about there and, and the different kind of narrative requirements for each of them yeah. with, with the last year yeah. of what's been going on must be really fascinating and how you have to kind of respect where they're all at and what they need, what, what, what they and you, need. And you don't know what's coming either. So yeah. at different times. So what's amazed me is how the cycle of time has fed into them. So they have felt this sort of first year anim- mm. anniversary time. They've felt that. And, and it's been interesting to see the youngest, Rory, sort of, he's been going through a whole process again mm. because – his four-year-old brain could only compute it in some way, but he's had a whole year, and the brain develops so rapidly in those early years. So he's had a whole year now to compute it again. Mm. Yeah. And so he's at that point, and so now he's asking other questions that are allowing him to be um, a rudimentary question, like, where is he? Why mm. isn't he here? What's you know, And trying to unpack that again, which yeah. he's already done, but he's done with a four-year-old brain rather than a five-year-old brain. Mm. And Liam, who's eight, has got a lot more on him, mm. but he still tries to create the time and find. Like, they do amazing things. Like, Liam created his own drawer for stuff that would remind him of Collier without any... Like, you know how they often say create that stuff? He did that before anyone even suggested it to him. Wow. Like, kids but are amazing. Are like people they, and yeah. families that would shut that down because yeah. it's unhealthy or whatever. Well, it's what I was saying but, before when I blanked out was that, that whole cultural thing we've got of kind of uh, not dealing with stuff. But also, 
don't do that because it makes mum cry or, you know, don't bring it up because it makes that, like, there's this feeling, you know, maybe some auntie might say, oh, don't don't keep talking about, you know, because mm. it makes because it makes dad sad. Surely that's happened a, a lot throughout history in the past. But isn't it crazy? But isn't these it, poor isn't kids are getting stifled from this stuff, but it's not making dad sad. It's making dad remember and and, and, and isn't weep, that that isn't that that sad. thing though? It's yeah. like you know, a child has died. If there is a time to cry and a time to feel sad, that is it. Why it, it is that it is that concept of there's this emotional spectrum that we all have access to, yeah. and I don't know if it's the same in other cultures, but but. But obviously in Western culture, we're like, oh, well, they're the good ones and they're the bad ones. And so you chase those ones and you avoid those ones. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the reason I love parenting so much, the reason I love being a dad so much is that it offers me this breadth and depth. Like it offers me access to, even when I was young and 23 or whatever and, and had this first child, like it offered me access to, you know, to the fear <laughs> and to yeah. and to joy at a, at a spectrum that I hadn't felt right. before, like I hadn't had an experience the of that. Spectrum thing. That's a good and, way. Of and it's it. that idea of like, well, the I don't know, you know, that the the more joy I feel, that gives me a whole other spectrum for how much sadness or tr- other thing I can feel, and that's all, yeah. and that's all okay as long as I can hold that in a space in some way, shape, or form, and not let either ends of that spectrum become the dominant factor in the yeah. whole sort but of But our culture picture. doesn't want that. Our culture wants extremes of emotion because yeah. that's how you get people to fucking buy things. Yeah. You know, it's got to be ultra high achievement and highness or super lowness that you can fix. But like, that's interesting what you said about kids because I've we've we've ended up in trying to describe sometimes what it is about kids that's in all the things in that spectrum because on one hand it's terrifying and on the other it's great joy but then there's all these strange moments in between that are things you've never felt before yeah. to do with contentment to do with just looking at it looking across the room at them playing with a bug and seeing getting some kind of lens on life generally and that's just part of the stuff that you can't explain to people yeah. when they don't have kids yeah 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 um and it's a, it's a delight to to find these other um, uh, positions in the spectrum that you didn't didn't know, and and surely, isn't it funny how the the emo- we we are encouraged to make all our decisions based on our emotions, but w- when it comes to a time when that your emotions were actually designed for, you got to block it all yeah. out. Whereas, like surely with with these d- difficult times to do with loss or whatever, that's the time when all that. You know, dad crying, for example, like it's not you made your dad cry. Like that's an appropriate response. Response. Yeah. That's, what like, you, yeah, that's what should. Yeah, that's what should be wrong with this exactly. emotional. That's what your emotions were designed for. Exactly. Uh, but we've been redirecting our emotions to deal with how many uh, likes we got or didn't get on social media, rather than. And that's why in some ways, like whether, you know, you were talking before and it's that idea about too that if something tragic happens or something awful happens that it ultimately everything attached to that has to be awful. Like a lot right. of people have like, um, gee, it must be hard time or gee, you must have been really and, – and, and, and it is, but it's hard to describe the complexity of the fact that, yeah, but within that there's, there's good moments. Within that. Fascinating but things happen, or one right? thing. You know, no, yeah, well, like people I, think, like we think, I think oh, it's, I'd be. People are going to think I'm awful for saying that my relationship with the boys has become more um, 
amazing and complicated, yeah. for example, or we've we've understood things. Look, you're not allowed to say that because that's But it's because what we're not able to do, and maybe it's all that Eastern, it's that sort of more Eastern philosophy, but we're not allowed to just for, for things to just be as they are. It's like, well, that's... That's how it is. Yeah. That's what's that's what's right. happened, right? And so that's where we're, that's where we are now, mm-hmm. and we live and we deal with that. So of course, good things. Of course, you know that's that thing. So yes, will if supported in the right way, the boys have I don't know what it, what it, what it is. I don't even know what it would be, but stronger resilience or improved capacity or greater. You know, do we do we as a family now, and and do I as a dad of boys have a way of talking to them emotion like with with about yeah. emotions and with emotions and sharing them with that to show them that all of that is good and normal and the things that we're saying are problematic. Um, am I role modeling and being in a way to show them that they are not problematic? So they will yeah. become adult human beings going, I don't even know what you're talking about with that stuff because right. my understanding of yeah. this is that we actually just work through it in this way. And that's... It's got to be great for the kids. Like yeah. I think about my mates, we're... The, well, Bunch of them are turning fifty. One of them's fifty today, mm. right? And we lost one of us, right, a few years back. Mm. And we we developed this skill. All all of us from different countries, except one. So no, no uncles dying, not yeah. even grandparents, no nothing. So really, a collective group of people with a shit. Mm. You know, experience of of this type stuff, not no zero, not just shit, just zero, no, not a yeah, bad way or all, just nothing. Have yeah. no precedent. Right? So mm. yeah, and, and just watching the journey of a bunch of late forties guys, just learning to actually talk to each other rather than talk about how much fucking hops is in the beer and stuff, and it, and it was amazing. I think we all grew from that. So that makes me think. It 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 has to it must do a massive amount to prepare these kids, and for, beyond, a, and for beyond, a lifetime of dealing with the dealing realities with stuff, of life. Yeah. yeah, and beyond the obvious um, pain and stuff like that, these are we waste death. We waste the the processes of birth and death. I mean, it's you're allowed to um in you know indulge birth as much as you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but you're not allowed to with with death, and it's like what Anthony was saying. We we, we don't the ir- I mean that irony that people have to be terminally ill to to suddenly realise what their life's Life's all about. about. Yeah, he said a lot of people say it's the best thing that ever happened to them. Yeah, cancer. You know, and that's just such a wild cognitive <laughs> dissonance. But it like like we we could all grow so much from just facing these things and letting them. Work on us and letting them, or just surprise, or, or just, or just the, com- or just the conversations that we have right. around it, yeah. and just yeah. you know having a bunch of blokes in their late forties go well. Actually, rather than just have a funeral and have an event and then sort of move on, like we'll actually just bring that up and we'll talk about it and we'll see what that means. And, and why and not invoke that, that person? Yeah. And why not them be like? What's the difference between them being here and not? It's just like they I mean, they're still. They're still part of your life and your thing, you know. Like that, that, well, that was the I don't know what's it even called. Like the, Nick Cave has his um, what is it? His red red his letters, like red, van, red hand letters, red hand letters yeah. or something. It was, and 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 his son died at the same age at the same age of Col- as yeah. Collier. They were the same age, and it was only a couple of weeks after Collier died that 
a thing hit the internet that he had responded to someone's letter talking, this person talking about that. And this, there's amazing, his insight into that letter was this person was talking about sort of, I don't know, ghosts imagining, thinking about them still being here. Yeah. And he was like, well, hold on, hold on. Like, that's fine. I read that. That's one. fine. Like, that's, yeah. and I did too. And I loved it because it was sort of like, yeah, that's, that, that's them now. It's like, you yes. know, I, I talk about that too now. It like I've sort them. of said, I've sort of said, I don't, what, and I will imagine and I'll imagine for the rest of my life. Like what I don't get is a son who will be here and, you know, and he loved playing guitar and all the rest of it. And I imagine, you know, I'm not a parent who was ever like, he's going to be keep famous, but I was like, gee, at some point I'll probably get the chance. I'm not going to get the chance to go and sit up the back of some dingy pub being some old man who yeah. probably doesn't belong there yeah. watching him do his thing. But I can imagine all the imaginings of what might have happened and what he would be yeah. doing now and where that's at. Yeah. And that's fine. Like that's a part of a way exactly. of keeping him around, of, yeah. of having him him exist in some form. Like, it, and, and we'll keep doing that and we'll keep talking about those things. Yeah. And we all kind of hope that happens for us, you know. We want to be part of the family story and the, the family mythology and the... It is, isn't it? And it's, it's a mean, bit what fame's about, isn't it? It's why there's this obsession with fame, isn't it? That like yeah. if you may, if you attain that, if 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 I'm the person that had a thing, if I have a Wikipedia page about me or whatever, that means that I will continue on. It's a that we, you know, the legacy it's, type yeah. stuff. Legacy. But the legacy can just be within the people who know you, having yeah. conversations about you, going, remember that wasn't that great. Yeah, and, maybe if yeah. we all knew that we were going to be kind of. Um, Carried on by our yeah. families, we wouldn't be as obsessed, obsessed with, with all the, of that stuff. You know, yeah. getting getting the approval of other people. You know, like our, our no matter what happens, our my family uh, heard and witnessed me being yeah. here, and they're going to continue to use what I, whatever value I brought to their life to keep. You know, it's like recycling. But it, but it it's, turned, a, but it's, it's, it's so like Collier loved playing guitar, and he loved and drawing. They were two of his mm. real creative pursuits. And so, so, and drawing comics and other stuff like that. So, Liam and Rory already have started drawing their own comics. That's a way of right. connecting with him. That's yeah. a way of keeping yeah. career on. Um, Rory's already been talking about. Oh, I want to learn guitar. So, so rather even his, even yeah, rather and his existence did. in the yeah, rather than not, it's yeah. and you know, and even Felix, Felix has Felix and Muso plays saxophone, but he's and bass, but he's been teaching himself guitar, and he's been slowly. Using Koyu's guitar to teach him all the key songs, teach himself all the key songs that Koyu used to play. Wow. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, it's. If, I mean, if there's yeah. consciousness, right? If that's what, yeah. what we are, is consciousness, alive or dead, then the, the, those that have departed are not, they're, they're, we've reabsorbed them. Yeah. We kind of have. They've they've been drawn back into whatever it is that our own consciousness is derived from. You know, it's where well, you don't even need a god for that. You know, yeah. It's, there's a there's a huge. It's the force. More. Like, it's more like you know Lucas's force. So you know they've they've just been reabsorbed into that thing that's fueling all of us. And that's a much to me a much nicer way of looking at it. And and I hope to look at my own death as as that too. That it. Well, when you think about it like that, that the impact does continue. Yeah. So the role that Collier plays in our family life, even though he's not here, there is a continuation of that. Now, that's different to what it would be if he was physically yeah, here. it's different. But yeah. it's still – but and that's why, you know, before we start, I was talking about that fact of the challenge of like that's why I'll say I have four sons because it's because I do. Yes. And because I do. But, but in different circumstances, that does present different – yeah. Challenges because I'm assessing yeah. and working out. Oh, 
you know, a random person I meet on the street who I might not see again or someone like, am I, in some ways the, the, yeah. the assessment is how much more contact am I going to have with this person? Yeah. yeah. When, and and, and when do I disclose it? that this is the tragic event that's happened in my life, which I'm sure over time will become less significant because time does that thing whereby but the, the, the nearness of a tra- the, the nearness of some event happening means it is. So sometimes I'll be like, I've got three or I've got four. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just in that sure. world now where I have that space. You're worried about where- feeling guilty if you say three just to... Oh, I think or, or that was there a little them, bit. It's more you? just dealing. It's more just me trying to think of other people, yeah. right? It's more just me going. Yeah. You're going about your fine. You just met me. We're not really going to engage heaps. Yeah. Do I need to throw on top of you? Hey, oh yeah, I just met because that guy. Because then, because and it's not. It's only because we can't talk about it, right? It's because yeah. I don't know how people are going to. If I knew that they're cool, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's you know. Whereas some people I know, like because of the yeah. culture we live in in society, I don't know if they're suddenly going to be like, oh no, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know how to talk about that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well, that's. I mean, that was hard when. It was, sorry, when I when mm. I when we first hooked up again in the cafe, and you started telling me about what had mm. happened, and it was terribly overwhelming and 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 terrifying to me and you could see that happening yeah and i said well let's meet again so we can sort of do this great yeah. but that doesn't mean i don't want to do it it just means so then i can see how if it's with with various people you're worried yeah. about them what you're going to do to them because it it strikes at the heart of their i know and, i know about it i've experienced it i've done it it's part of my life i, I live with it it's yeah. there every day it's just part of who yeah. i am now so it's a di- like it's a different thing for me but yeah. it's a different thing because then there's all of that stuff, which well, is like, us, oh, you're still... a dad. And then people look and then people are like, oh, how do I respond to him? Is he, what's that mean? Where does that go? Yeah, how hard. do I do that? And I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to put that on someone. It's like, well, we're yeah, just, it, we're just, it, it, uh, yeah. It's that because most of the worst fears we have are the anticipatory yeah. things. Right? Well, all fears, anticipation, but like, like the thing that hasn't happened, you know, that's the, the, that's like because there's no control over it, you know. In, perversely, at least you're, well, you've, you're like you said, you're in yeah, it. It's, you are that person it. now. Like that, at least, I mean that that thing is not there anymore. Of well, and it's like, and it's like the fact, Sorry, and Derek, it's and it's like, and it's like the fact that as we've sort of talked about before, people sort of worry about what can I say? Am I going to say the wrong thing and all the yeah, rest yeah, of it? Whereas yeah. you know key takeaway message for anyone who who meets someone who's who's lost a child or that sort of thing in that circumstance is well my experience of it is you know the worst thing has happened yeah you can't you can't you can't you know you can't do anything that's going to make that worse you can't going to be oh i'm 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 an, I'm an incremental degree sadder or i'm an incremental degree worse now that's i yeah i don't think that I, yeah, that's that's weird, part yeah. of it yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I sort of am the other way because, I, like I was saying, I'm totally inexperienced with loss and stuff like that. So it, it just mm. it terrifies me even more because I don't have that. You know, like I'm always frightened. Yeah, uh, even yeah. for myself. And and I think when I come across someone like you who has, you know, is is a, a decent amount of time. In mm. to, to to the ex- grieving experience, I just kind of go, oh, I, f- I feel kind of like they're in their arms, kind of, oh, good, it's an experience, but uh, a grandmaster of yeah. of understanding these things, <laughs> even even though yeah. you, maybe you never can, but it's not like, oh, let me try and tell you how you know, chin up or come and let's go yeah. and uh, play golf. Or I something used like to, that. I, I was like, what you know, in awe. 
I was in that space. Like yeah, I was, yeah. I was someone who didn't, not right up to college. So I was someone who did as a, as I don't know, a nan die or, you know, when I was at, at high school, but I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't been around and, and in some ways I probably had actively avoided it when I knew that. So it was, it was something that I was, yeah. I have great, um, but, but a, a few years before Kolya died, um, my wife's mum died and I actually am like, she did the most amazing parenting thing for me. In the act, sounds odd, doesn't it? But the amazing parenting act that she did for me in some ways was I was there when she died. Mm. So she actually taught me in her dying mm. probably the most important lesson that I needed to deal with the circumstance that I had with Kolya, which was she taught me what it was to sit with someone who was who was dying. Yeah, And that meant that when the discussions came up and we began to talk about um, that we clearly are aware that Kolya's is not there that he has died and the way, that the way the doctor turned it was that he's um you know we're we're not um supporting his life he's not on life support anymore we're prolonging his death is what the process is we're doing yeah. and we had to have that discussion i could have that discussion knowing full and well without that fear without like i've never seen this before what does this mean like i knew yeah. what that would be and mm. that was that made the i feel like that may have made that experience just that bit clearer for me or a bit bit clear of like I know what this may be and I'm 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 going to be there yeah, for that. I'm one not going to be surreal experience. panicked yeah, and freaked yeah. out by that. So and maybe I wouldn't anyway. I don't know. See in the oldie days when people were surrounded by death all the time, they had no problem with mythologizing their dead and you know they were they were dying next to each other on the yeah. battlefield and then drinking yeah. Jugs of beer and celebrating each other's death, and they talked about good deaths. And you know, people died at home in the house. They yeah. died during childbirth. Children died, but there's just death was a fucking party animal, really, back then. So you you would have you were you you had to. They would have known how to incorporate it and be with it. But we get this surprise every time the Grim Reaper, so to speak, yeah. he, he taps us on the shoulder when he never went anywhere. I mean, death's always there. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you think back in those days, they still, it, you know, obviously it's the same yeah. hurt. It's oh, just, yeah. It's just two or three different angles that aren't added to it. Like, right. Like having to deal with all the hurt that any yeah. dad would ever have yeah. had in history. But on top of that, having not experienced with, you know, Gran uh, yeah. or your um, mother-in-law, yeah. um, having not experienced that, then a whole nother bunch of stuff piled on. Mm. Like well, the, what do I do? Guilt about what do you, what you said and what you didn't say. Yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. The like challenge that. the challenge of well, two things. One, the cha- the guilt thing for me was sort of okay. It's sort of like, well, we live a life and we say things and we don't know what's going to happen. So I sort yeah. of in, in my own brain I was able to compute that really quickly, but what I didn't compute as well, I think, was understanding So there's a difference between someone living a life and having a beginning and an end that's a long way and a lot of living in between. I mean, there's not heaps of that living that goes on in between. So when a child dies or or it's, or it's a circumstance that's an accident or a cuck, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. that's, that's trauma. Yeah. And trauma and grief are different. And it's been trying for me to learn the fact of like, yeah, well, there's right. the grief for Collier who has died and I'm doing it, but there's also the trauma of this experience yeah. that is unexpected. Mm. That And that feeling is... And they all get tangled up. 
Yeah, but but there's sure. value in trying to do a little bit of work, I think, in trying to, or I've found in trying to untangle some of those because yeah. because it's different. So the panic attacks and the other bits and stuff, that's not that's not the grief. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. the trauma response. That's my brain going, holy shit! So you can, <laughs> you, know? you, you can know that one will the trauma. As it fades, the grief takes over. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And therefore will have different symptoms. And, yeah, and they both, and yeah, and that's it, I guess, that the grief can, they both evolve, but that the grief can stay there in a way. But ultimately, hopefully the trauma you, you deal with and you you make sense of and you don't yeah. let it hover too much because that's the thing that can then send you down to, yeah. And the incentive, but that's why it is important that we do the work when these things happen so that we learn that useful stuff for future and because it doesn't happen very often we don't bother with it but I, I assume if it happened a lot you'd have to start to be able to tell these differences for example or you'd never be able to function yeah do, do, do you know what i mean yeah like, i do it's it, i do i do but i guess too the functioning's interesting because we're talking about the good things. So the thing about it is, is that on the way, some of those things that happen are these sort of bizarre, slightly odd things that you would never otherwise see. So like, I've had a process of like, I've been collecting all of the digital stuff I can find of Cole. You're just sort of like, that's there's not heaps of his life. There's not. So you grab onto whatever you can, mm. and I realize, and um, I got access to his Instagram account, and um, and have been sort of holding that space, and that's a way to communicate with his friends and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Not not in some sort of irky way but just in a yeah. and what's interesting is some of them started to send me stuff that they had on their phones that they took in class oh, and it yeah. made me realize you never see your kid in the back of a classroom doing the things that they do like yeah. so i've got i in this inadvertent way while i don't have Collier, what i have got now is probably an insight into his sort of life yeah. as a kid that i never otherwise ever would have had ever no Never, I would never, <laughs> I would never have seen yeah. them stuffing around up the back of the classroom and filming stuff that Cole is mm. doing and what the teacher's doing. All like, and they're sort of, I like, like I like that because yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. wow, I see this thing. I see these kids mm. pulling chairs out and writing notes and whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. really there's an intimacy to it, but there's also a a niceness to of those people sharing, saying this is, and I get to see him, and it makes sense because I see him in that zone, and I'm like. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That that's how you were yeah. in class. That aligns. You're getting to know. Yeah, you know, it's really yeah. So really. he was in high school. So you, you've your eldest son is finishing up in the same school. No, different year, right? schools. Yeah, so year. they're actually at different schools, okay. which was sort of probably, probably who knows. Good, there's no such thing as good or bad. It, that's just the, the way it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so there was there was all of that too. So he's not at the same school, so that probably has made it easier for him in terms of his journey and where he's at. Yeah. Um, but Collier's school, um, that were actually amazing. That was, but that's really big too. So he was in year nine. Year nine is the year for anyone who's in education. They know year nine is the year, which is just like fourteen, fifteen. You're in this sort of height of adolescence. You're dealing with all of the. You've, you've you sort of oh, it's yeah. year nine is the year that private schools send them to bush camps or people, yeah. you know, or they yeah. run city programs. to So because yeah, everyone's just like, age, you know, oh, we have this institution <laughs> to manage these children and have their education, but we realise the institution doesn't work there. So we need to, yeah. that, that they will they will break the institution at that age, which yeah. is sort of delightful and wonderful in so many ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's also a pivotal point of your development. You know, when I was doing early childhood studies, someone talked to me about the fact that sort of the ages of, say, you know, three, four and five 
you know, hormonally and all the changes they're going through in that sort of infant stage and, and all the tantrums and all of the stuff you, you've been dealing with, Dan, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, that, that sort of 13, 14, 15 is a mirror sort of image of another massive hormonal change and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. So sometimes I would sit there and I'd be looking at Collier and I'd be looking at Rory because there's 10 years between them and being like, oh, my God, you're behaving in the same way. <laughs> that tantrum or that frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because at that age – when you when they you know when you're a parent of a kid that age it's like they know everything and their bodies are getting ready and they're like I want to be an adult and I want to grow and do stuff in the world and the world's saying no 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 not yet yeah, yeah. and you and yeah so what that means is that when you lose a when you lose a friend at that age that's really significant too and Collier mm. School I think understood yeah, that and yeah. created the space for that and allowed those students to really sit with that and unpack that and make sense of that for them yeah. because they needed that's they needed to um and that's and i think that yeah you can do those things well or not I'm, i i like the fact that that was done well it's also yeah. the thing that i also i'm like oh cuz they're all launching now like i really feel like that year 9 is that launching pad into like mm. here i go i'm going off yeah. to the thing and that's you know Cole had got to a point where he'd had all of his own challenges and struggles and a whole bunch of stuff in his life like we all do and he was mm. just about to launch, yeah. and he and he didn't. Mm. Just, yeah. yeah, but he's you know, but you know, he if the school have done it well, as you say, uh, then his uh, the the other kids' experience with him is helping their launch, or is oh, is totally completely um, informing their launch. Completely. I mean, you would hope. I think so. That that anything like that would 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 you know somehow create foundational stuff for other people yeah you know and you don't know what that is and you don't know too if that's not no. going to be something that's happened here that in a few years time it's not going to happen like that that's part of our our role as dads and, and all the rest of it all at the same time mm. too which is we're going to do things or engage with our kids or with the world in a certain way or events are going to happen to them that we have no freaking control over whatsoever yeah, yeah. and maybe part of our job is to you know we don't completely control that but we act as some sort of guide it might be some sort of question. It might be something. Like I do that with Felix a lot now. What's amazing is that all of that stuff of observing them and seeing all that wonderment continues to change. And then as they get older, you start to see, like they, they play music, they start writing their own songs. Like I found on Cole's mm, computer some songs, yeah. his own songs that he wow. was writing. And, and Felix shares with me writing stuff and he wants to make. It's amazing to see your child who you have had from this little spot yes. grow into a creative or to- and and for me as a person who likes to be creative that's that's the thing I tap into but yeah. I love to see them mm-hmm. creatively expressing their own stuff and their interests and well what about when the when the kids excel at something that's totally alien to the family like uh, uh, there was something <laughs> where some kid was this incredible ballet dancer and he's he comes from a country Victorian family and the you know the the mum and dad dairy farmers are in the audience at the Australian ballet or whatever it was going wow but like, how did this come from? We've us? never seen him dance before. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. like, where did it? So that's that's oh. when you realise it helps me. Getting back to that thing of they're not. You meet them, you don't make them. Yes. You know they're, they're not. Their life is their own too. It helps them to be more interesting to you as well. If you can, when I have moments of being able to look at them as autonomous individuals that I don't have any ownership of, they become more interesting as they're like. 
Yeah, when I agree. Well, they're not just a bit of me. They're not like a little bit of me. But I always find in my parenting, when I'm a dad, any time that I try and exert an excess, not but when I try and go control. Yeah. When I try and go, here's where you should be going, or this is what. As soon as I try and do that, not, and I'm not saying that you don't guide or go. This is what we're doing now. It's not. I'm not a. I'm not like whatever. Do whatever you want. But it's sort of like as soon as I try and be too. Yes, I know. Being observational is so powerful Yeah. as a parent. If you can actually step outside yourself or the situation. God, and you've described it. things like that before. Your yeah. descriptions of a couple of times in a supermarket or whatever, where you're like, oh, I was able to step out of it and just look at him yeah. and be like, you know, if you think that, your kids are throwing tantrums in supermarkets all the time. It's like, oh, he could be hungry. Have you been in a supermarket? They're not nice places. Yeah. Like, and you got a three-year-old or four-year-old going, this is awful. I'm bored. This is no good. And their only way of dealing with that sometimes, depending on where they're, is just to be like, the only way I can get out of here is just to just lose it. Like, it's it's if you think about kids losing it, it's often reasonably quite a normal response to a pretty weird world that we live in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why there's a, there, I was finding this natural, or it felt, like it made sense to get down to his level somehow because I yeah. could then empathise with where he is, even though that's just a... a, a is like, there any video of you both having a tantrum? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something happens about getting more often down than not. with them yeah. where you can, you can just... It, it's what it... So that's a, a that's physical a key. representation of an adjustment of your perspective to where they might be at. You know? But it's also a key thing they teach for anyone that works in as a preschool teacher in early childhood, which is as you come down to that child's level. And that's mm-hmm. also about a level of respect. Like a person, an adult standing up to a small child standing there, mm-hmm. even if you're being as friendly as possible, there's that's a that's a power based dynamic. There's a there's mm-hmm. a thing going on there. Yeah. And as our parents sometimes we use that. You know, subconsciously or consciously or and otherwise. You, yeah. So, getting down there and saying, "Well, we're going to do this together. I'm at your level." Yeah, and you've got to bend down to hit them anyway. You oh, may sure. as well get sorry. I, help <laughs> I knew you'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny though? I just realised the pat, a, a pattern of behaviour. Like when I, if if Fiona's taken the kids to her mum's for a few days and everything, and I'm really, really hankering to see them. I actually, I think I just open the door and sort of. Kind of almost dive on the lounge room floor. You go, come right. and get me. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is nice when they run at you like Jack. Yeah, Russell, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the dog you just want going to, rolling on its back. Yeah, you really want to just engage and, and, yeah, yeah. and get get right in there. Just yeah. dive on the floor and let them. Because of the gap, because of the large gaps between children in our family, I've been yeah. usurped from that role. Ah. Felix now ah. has that role. Oh, that's handy. That he comes easier in the and back. they jump on him. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. on my frail body. That's but wild. they um. So that is that. You know, the one thing like because I became a dad young, I used it as a, as we do with anything. I used it as a defining feature. You know, I wrote yes. an article for the paper. Like the paper would never. Why would a, a paper the age want to publish anything that some twenty three year old know it all thinks he wants to? Pu- they would yeah. always reject whatever I thought I would. But as soon as I became like a dad, I hit the demographic right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that became that became interesting. And you incorporate it into your story. You incorporate sense, into your you know, story. You tell those stories. You write it up, and you start I've done to, it with alcoholism. Yeah, and you, you do it with whatever you got. You yeah, use exactly. it right. You may, so well, you can either let it fucking. You can drag it around like a pain in the ass, or yeah. you can you can use it. As yeah, a, uh, and I don't know that's impacted on me as a result, but as a result, I have I have defined myself strongly as a dad. Like yeah. I, and I yeah. love I love being I love being that I love unpacking um, those things. So like I wrote for a blog for a while that was called Geek Dad 
because I'm, I'm a bit of a okay. Dungeons and Dragons role playing computer yeah, well, game kind of guy oh, from that's time a, that's to our time. Second one. Yeah. This is a sign. time to time. So, <laughs> and I'd write things about when's the right time to introduce your kids to Star Wars and unpacking those things. Yeah, and it was yeah. again a community of dads that were just sort of like, let's just talk about the stuff that we think might or might yeah. not be important. Yeah, and that's there's still not enough of that. Yeah, yeah. There still needs to be more of that space where people are just like, this is what we're doing. Well, so that we get the most of it too, you know? Like, yes. Like I want to, I want to, um, there's so much to, for your own, like if you're a terribly selfish person, as, as a lot of us are, then you, you can even feed that through your parenting. Like, like, by, because, like there's so much to learn and observe and understand just by being able to step back from it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's well expressed, but yeah, <clears throat> we can get so much from talking to other people about it and what they're. And we also yeah. need time away from them for a bit, and that's yeah. a good. Time. Oh, that's God, a good yeah. time. So you're you're, if we defined, which we don't, because mm. we've found out from some of our more senior guests that the job goes forever. <laughs> but if you defined, you know, fatherhood being a job that finishes when they're eighteen, you've. I'm, yeah. Long service leave, mate. <laughs> By the time you're done. I know. I know. <laughs> the reality was, um, well, the reality was I, I really liked it. And, and so I divorced once and then found this other one. I was like, well, yeah, we should do this. This is, I know this is good. I want to do this with you. Let's have more This kids. is a good thing. And like, you're this still is still technically young. Um, How old were you when you started the second round? <laughs> early 30s. No, yeah. hang on, eight. So 30. Oh, no. 33. Yeah, so yeah, that's 33. So still average, so, average sort so of, yeah. Roll still into the next definition of young. young. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was. um, Not an old yeah. fucker like me. Christ no, almighty. I'm going to be, I don't no. know how I'm going to. It, it wasn't by design that we know though, Dan, was it? No, it was sort of, no. it was just by the universe making a decision and me rolling with the universe to, you know, yeah, to yeah, see yeah, what. Well, but it's a long time. So do you think, just, just before we, um, just before we finish, the first round tasks, like the the, the the first round, is there anything you're doing differently because you think you're you fucked know, up or, nah, or you uh, So do you know what I loved? What I loved is being a parent in my 20s, um, I had all of that naivety of youth and that like I don't know what I'm doing, but also I didn't care that I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it. Yeah. So what I've found the second time round is that I'm think like I'm just I'm not just doing I'm thinking and I'm oh what should yeah, I do and all the rest of it. Whereas the first time through, an arrogant the same thing that made me want to write a book about children and stuff when yeah, I was yeah. still barely knew anything. It, it's that you roll with that. I think I know enough that I can get by. Whereas this time, and there's that was good. Yeah. I think that don't know I don't know if that was. I'd, well, well, my theory is there isn't. There's just what you do. So yeah, each yeah. time I've been good enough, I know that. Like, yeah. that's that's. I like all. The, I'm going to roll with this but, one for sure. Good but, enough. <laughs> well, wasn't there, well, wasn't there a, a psychologist parent, in the somewhere who said uh, on the issue of uh, present being present with your kids that that a similar thing? Who, who was it who said that that if you are just present? Yeah, well, so, so it's it's, it's, and that's that's where it comes from. I'm sure what, I saw. That's why I sort of say it's, and that's why people don't realise too. People are like I've got to spend time with my kids, and when, and you do spend time with your kids, but what people don't realise is uh, you packing the dishwasher while your kids are just there 
is spending time with your kids, yes. right? You just putting out the washing, you like you just being in the space. Yeah. That's the, you know, it's not like when you say I'm going to spend time right. with my kids, it doesn't have to be let's sit down and do an organized activity that's yeah, formalized yeah. that has a big list and we'll do that and we'll all have fun all the rest of it. Often when that happens it you know, it's just being around yeah. and showing them that you do stuff. And you could argue that d- doing it where the other way of trying to look them in the eye and tell them how wonderful they are while they're doing everything and be yeah. really present all the time, that could be crippling them. I mean, that could be giving them the wrong impression of what the world's going to be like, that that people have people do get distracted. People have got their own thoughts. They've got their own life. and You're not modelling the world for them uh, correctly. And, and just being there, as you say, shows that you're interested. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're just ignoring them and you tell them to shut up and you don't, you know. Yeah, but sometimes you but you'll to, do that as well, you'll right? Do that and as, that's, sure, that's the well. good enough thing. It's like you're going to do that stuff and everyone, I think, gets caught up on that stuff. No, no, I, I'm, I'm now going, I'm, I'm now letting myself, be, <laughs> speaking of writing the story. Because <laughs> <to fit, laughs> so, so, yeah. Missy's I'm much, looking forward to your parenting look, book. <laughs> Missy, Missy's a more, Missy gives them a more balanced I mean she gets frustrated and angry yeah. don't get me wrong but I'm a much more of a wild card like I, you fucking I'm, I'm better than I used to be <laughs> since my diagnosis <laughs> but um but I I rationalize that by saying that one of us has to be give them um an idea of what the crazy guy on the corner is going to be like when they're <laughs> like, when they're older. Don't go and talk to that crazy guy because so you got to you know one parent needs to give them the unpredictable uh, world uh, lesson. Uh, <laughs> the other this one. is how I make and it. And the other one's allowed to be the full nurturer. The full nurturer. But, but, but as <laughs> a result, you've chosen not to be the full nurturer. <laughs> Sorry, you have to keep nurturing sure. because I've chosen this. Because I'm the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, I'm drying well, your washing. <laughs> but I, I had to do that in order to feel okay about my erratic uh, and the way that I was having trouble coping with it. And But as a result of changing that narrative to that, I've found it easier to to work with them, you know, yes. to be with them because I'm not going, oh, fuck, you're such a horrible dad. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're beating yourself up so about it rather go, than no, going. Look, I'm a person. Yeah. I'm a fucking person, buddy. Now, I'm not very good at this. I'm new to this. And I started talking like that with him in a way. I started going, look, I got very angry and I don't like getting angry, but I'm not very, I'm new to being a dad. Yeah. You're only four, for Christ's sake. And uh, I've got to stop. He's starting to swear a lot now because I'm always like, for Christ's sake. Watch it, mate. I'm, I'm too late for me. <laughs> well, I told him we could swear at home. Oh, what? yeah. I know. you got to set some, yeah, anyway. Well, I said, don't Jeez. swear. Just to, Oh, look, I've so, opened a can of worms. It's they like, love it and they're addicted to no, it. I know. My, I've my guys, it. I've if, if they catch you swearing, they'll repeat it. They're like... But there is, a, but, there, but, but what you talk, but what you're talking about too, though, is and I see that too, and I think it's it, it's a good dad strategy, which is to be like, we're often trying to go, oh, we should have the answer, or we should control things, yeah. and if you can say to your children, like my my dad line that I use a lot is like, I'm just like, I just stop behaving like a child. Um, you know, let's engage like adults here. Come on, because sometimes I just wish that was what they were. I just wish they were at yeah. a point where we could have a rational conversation, but it's like you're four or five and rational's not going to work no. now. But that that's our, our journey is to try and unpack that. And the more we try and go, well, that's who they are as a human. They're a four-year-old human. Yeah. And I can't, no matter how much I want you to do that thing that I want you to do, you're a four-year-old human and that's not going to, 
it's not going to work. And as soon, and I've been there. I'm there all the time, which is like I'm trying to get, especially bedtimes. I just want you to go to bed like that. And my, Jen, my wife's so much better. She's like, he's not. It's not going to happen. Just yeah, give him 15 yeah. minutes to read a book. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. and but in my little dad brain, I've decided, no, no, no. It's bedtime. He should be asleep, yeah, and I yeah. want my own personal time, right? But I can accept yeah. his four-year-old. But it if I, if because I, if you I lose can. an hour sitting there trying to put put him down once you've right once yeah. you've. Yes, I know. It still goes. I they're know. emotional mess. Exactly. Then you oh. lost an hour, right? And you go, fuck, oh, I could have just I know. 10 if minutes alla- of doing what they wanted, I would have been fine. Uh, if I'm allowed to be me, then it's easier to let him be. Him. Yes. But I was trying to be something other than I was. Yeah, you It's yes. easier for me now to go, listen, I'm not very good at this and I'm trying my best. Let's. What can we do? Let's, let's figure this out. That's better. And then I can go, yes, you're four. But if I'm not allowed to be me, then I, I act like a caged fucking rat as well, you know. That makes sense. We yeah. should adapt it. It's like good enough parenting. Yeah. And good enough parenting is it's like you way. actually being you as a parent, not some idea of a parent that you think you're supposed to. It's going to be better yeah, because for the kids because you're not going to be hating yeah. it yourself. Well, we've got we're more damaged than them. We've got a lot more. <laughs> we're bigger babies than them in a lot of ways because yeah. we have been. We know the truth, and we're wounded anyway. <laughs> and and so they have at least got innocence and naivety, and they yeah. they've got the excuse of I'm only four. <laughs> that old excuse. Oh, you know what I excuse. say to my guys now? I go. Right, and sometimes I might do it to sort of make them feel guilty or embarrass them publicly, but I go, like to my 11-year-old, I go, all I'm asking, right, I know you're feeling crazy and it's my fault for giving you a bloody golden gay time, right, you sugared up, <laughs> but all I'm asking, I'm I'm going for minimum seven. You go, what? I go, I want you to behave at least like a seven-year-old. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> minimum all, seven. Minimum seven. That's all that. I'm asking is just be That's like good. a good seven-year-old. Yeah. Not can you ramp a psychopathic four-year-old. Can you ramp it up? I know you're six, but I want you to try <laughs> strive for a ten-year-old. <laughs> can me you a just bit do an impression? <laughs> just show them Doogie <laughs> Howser on yeah. repeat. <laughs> just for a minute. Hey, there's people watching. Let's pretend to be normal kids for a little yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, make time. me look like a good dad. Yeah. Yeah, Man, not, well, we, you're going to have to come back and, and talk with us again, if you will, at some point, and because uh, there's so much. Well, the thing to... we haven't touched on, which yeah. we, is the technology stuff. Which so maybe oh, that could God, be a yeah, next time. I'm, because I so you one I'd of like my one of my jobs now is I run workshops for parents oh. around tech. So I do those like parenting in a digital world thing. That's been oh, one of my the, things. Like, uh, do you yes. do it at the Darabin Libraries? I haven't done it there, but it's it, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that runs around and offers that sort of stuff, and I have a very different take on it. So well, maybe in the new season, mm. new year, because we are coming to end of our season. We've only got a few yeah. more weeks left, but maybe we can try and book you in on a semi regular basis, some mm. or something next year. We'll discuss it over the break, yeah. but it'd be lovely to get your professional and experience on that stuff. Um, I am desperate sure. to really go into that stuff because this yeah. is the huge, as you've said before, this this is the thalidomide. I know social media, the, the thalidomide of our generation kind of thing. Yeah. Is that your well, that's, one? And that was Scott, what Scott said. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's And so because of, of my lived experience yeah. and because I work, so yeah. I've done things like build a video wall out of 42 iPad Pros and stuff. So I'm not, it's not like I'm adverse or against, yeah, yeah. and I'm a video game player. I was addicted to video games yeah. as a kid. So I know what it's like. So I know, so, but also it means that I deal with 
screen time and how much should a kid be watching when they're four and five yeah, versus yeah. I've done, I've been right through the social media thing, I've been right through the phones, yeah. I've been right through turning off the modem and wanting to break the modem and all yeah, that. Yeah, we'd stuff. love to talk to you more about oh, God. that. Oh, yeah. God. We'd love when, to. When, as the years go on, mm. Dan will be more and more intrigued by this topic. Oh, but it's coming, mate. That's why we're moving to the bush. <laughs> I'm moving to Warrandite think, to try. I don't know if that's so, yeah, so yes, so yesterday, no, yesterday, yesterday I was at Mombolt College with a group of those infamous year nines that I sort mm. of talk about at that age group. Yeah. And um, we've got it, this course that I'm trying to build out, which is about supporting them to understand like ethics and behaviours mm. around the use of digital technology. Mm. Mm. So rather than just be like, no, how do you equip them with the skills to understand how the technology is designed. Yeah. Right. The technology being designed by people with billions of dollars and behavioural psychologists and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. So that it's not fair to say to a teenager, get off your phone, because it's like saying to someone who's smoking cigarettes, just quit smoking cigarettes almost. Yeah. Like there's yeah. that much work has gone into making that the thing that they want them to look at yeah. for exactly. purely commercial gain to so they look at more ads. That's like it's criminal, really. It's big. Like yeah. yeah, it's frightening. I've got a I've got a mate who will we'll have a on it, and he's in gaming, high up in gaming yeah. design. And you might know. We'll talk. Do you later. know what we should do? We should but, get uh, you in here. Oh, sorry, it's, Derek. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. He's just you know quietly wide open about it socially. Yeah. You know, like this is the this is how it's designed. This yeah, is fully. Yeah, I'm I'm dying to talk a lot yeah. more about that because I'm right in the thick of it right we should now. Get. And it's also allowing. It's 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 knowing not to. I've also been addicted when spa, when Pong was invented, a space invader. I lined up all day every weekend to play Space yeah. Invaders in you know nineteen seventy whatever or eighty or whatever it was. Been addicted since. Here's the, the here's the kicker though. Here's the kicker that I always say. So we we know all of that, right? But at the same time, we're still respecting them as human beings, right? Yeah. So what we've still got to do, and I've been doing this with kindergarten trades. You've you've still got to respect. Like they still should deserve to have access to pop culture. They still deserve to have access to the stories and the modes and the way media is being mm. performed today. They still like so so the whole just get rid of it. Yeah, that's oh. like that's putting it. You can't do that anymore. So it's so it's and but no one's talking about it in a really sophisticated way to be like, how do we actually do this properly without just a get rid of it or it doesn't matter? Like there, there's so it's much more. And again, do you know what? Extremes, Bef- yeah. Before yeah, we, we're running out of time, but bef- be- before we go. This is the, where I find it interesting what you're doing, and I'm fast. I didn't know this until just then, <laughs> but I find it uh, more and more important because there is, like, okay, you've got me who's like, I definitely believe what you're saying. Like, they've got to be involved in it. It's it's the world. It's how it is. Mm. But we've got to try and constantly go. Do you know why you're like my son? Yeah. I just say, don't zip your lip for ten minutes and don't go near your sister after you've finished playing Minecraft or Fortnite or whatever. Just don't do it because I'm because I'm telling you that you can't – you're an emotional yeah, you wreck and it's you. natural. It's not your fault. It's blame whoever you want. Yeah. But for, for 10 minutes, you're going to – basically, you're going to be a prick, right, because you're withdrawing from a, a, a mm. world, a situation, a series of uh, reward senses uh, or whatever it is, mm. right? But I know that and I think I'm kind of on the right path but I might look too easy and I'll give in when I sometimes and rah, 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 but I'm aware of it. But remember, there's two, pe- there's two parents qu- quite often in most, you know, let's say mm. most cases, there's two parents 
And one of them might be just like, um, nope, enough of that, stop that. You know, like, it's, no, look at it, it's making him angry, cut it off, banning for a month or whatever. And you go kind of, all right, so there's then they're getting mixed messages and there's that other thing. Yeah. Whereas that other parent can benefit from the professionals yeah, from talking about it, not just the podcasters. Over here. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you need to get in that it might not necessarily – all I am is one kind of kooky guy who used to be addicted to space invaders and asteroids, right? But so I might not carry that much but you authority some- in what to do. It's just my idea of what to do, which I think it's kind of reasonable. Um, but it, this is where it's really important that it's getting out there and these digital uh, talk. Uh, I think there's one on. I think there's one on tonight mm. in the, somewhere somewhere like Thornbury. Or they're on uh, all the time. People at parents. It's the it's the issue of our time. Yeah, for parents, it's the issue of our time. Which is, and one of my controversial things is I think maybe I suggest maybe it's it's not as much of an issue of our time if we just actually start to talk about it. Like well, that's stuff. But it's the grown-ups that are in transition, that not the kids. It's like, but it's like everything. We're we're, we're, it. It's like what we were talking about with death, you know. Yeah, we, we if don't. We, if we just go, oh, no, get rid of it's prohibition. It's on yeah. or it's off. What about like Derek's technique of all right, well, there's 10 minutes where he's not going to be reasonable and he's loaded up with dopamine and withdrawing from it. So just engineer the problem out by facing that reality. Go and do that. Everyone, everything's fine. So we have to develop these new techniques to yeah. accommodate the technology because there's an awful lot of good things that come of it. Because otherwise it's like that thing, we're in danger of banning the internet, you know, and there's yeah. such amazing freedom and democratising forces that come through the internet and just to ban it because of these. It's like I'm an, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. I don't want people to stop drinking around me. I wouldn't want yeah. that for a second. I mean, it's a, it's an ex- – but, but what we can do is is – find ways to deal with those who can't or or or, or well it's deal two, with it's, our two, own it's twofold with it. too it's like we need to educate them enough so that the next generation through can make sure that we find ways to deal with appropriate because there needs to be appropriate regulation and a whole bunch of other stuff that has not had the oversight for those large companies that right. basically monopolies that are allowed to do all sorts of stuff so yeah. one of the reasons you educate children and support them to understand it better is that they will be the next generation who is able to do that right we will say this is not yeah, right. yeah but then also you'll go but because it's not enough to just say oh it's on you your personal behavior you just have to deal with it that's not no, fair that's right? right so you need that's to have this regulatory level but you also then need to be like and I'm going to equip you with here's the really cool stuff that I want you to have yeah, so that we them. can all work together to make sure that you don't lose like so that you know you do switch it off after an hour because you know after an hour and a half you lose it and right? it will take or some whatever time that, yeah. to then get those and you won't always do it we always have always this idea of like it, well right? once you do that then it'll be perfect and it's like no nah, you'll still stuff up it is phenomenal how okay. they can yeah. it is phenomenal how they can you know you say all right Look at the clock uh, at ten two. That's when your times run out. Right? If you're still playing when the clock is like fully ten minutes after you're meant to turn it off, then I'm going to come and press the button, shut it all down. You'll lose whatever, and mm. and, and you you're going to get it. Even if you said you're going to get a seven day ban, if you're still playing ten minutes, a solid ten minutes after your deadline. Now, can you please? stop playing or start that last game that you're desperate to finish 20 minutes before the end right they'll still get to that they'll still they'll still be playing 
and you know what though you were you were one of these people here's why so it goes back to flow state stuff yeah. mm-hmm. like the it is so entrancing like it draws you in so much that that what do they talk about flow and all the rest of it you lose sense of time and yeah. space yeah. so the reason is the reason they don't like the reason because I've used that before and I don't think it works as a strategy as much anymore because they don't they don't snap it. they don't have a sense of it so we go stop it and they're like Oh, but I haven't, you know, the kids always go, oh, but I haven't been playing for long. And we go, oh, yes, you have. Of course you have. And we think it's something they're saying, but they're actually articulating a reality of their experience, which is I barely feel like I've been playing for long at all because I've been in this flow state that's kept me right there. And you're in an angry 10 minute period. Yeah. They're going, I have not. So you've just been playing that. Yeah. You've taken advantage of us because we haven't been looking, and it's you've been playing that for two and a half hours. But if they're not experiencing the time the as, as same as you, it's a it's a dead argument, isn't it? It's oh, like, look, well, you could argue every. So day. there's hot, but there's hot, but it means there's hot. Yeah, we can talk about this. We'll talk about we'll, it. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah, and and it's um there's there's opportunities here to develop things and yeah. grow. And if in, instead of it being a fucking shackle, you can you can go into it with some depth and find ways with the kids to, to for them to improve it and we improve it, blah, blah, blah. And that's the connection. key. And the key thing is that it's a family. I always suggest that it's a family, like anything probably, it's a family discussion and solution. I don't come right. in and say, I have an answer. You know, I hate those people that go talk, here's the answer, do this, this, and this, yeah, and everything yeah, will be fine. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. the real answer is talk to your kids about what they like, work out what you're willing to deal with, have some consequences if people are disobey, and make some rules together and then try and stick to yeah. them and then do it again in six months. And people are always do it saying they want months. more connected time with their kids. Yeah. I mean, that, that then becomes just another example of being connected as a family, but it's problem solving. And I'm yeah. hearing a lot about... Um, Engaging in us instead of the game being the enemy, asking about it. But the pro- as an addict, like I could get carried away playing Fortnite in here all day if I don't watch it. You know, I've so, got to be careful as well. To ring it all the way back around, yeah. I um, I do go now, and I'm no good at it. I've never been good at first-person shooter games, but yeah. I will go, and I have time that I set aside sometimes, and sometimes that's playing guitar or doing other things. That a time where I just go, this is time that I'm just thinking of or spending or being Collier time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And playing Fortnite is now one of those times. Yeah. Like yeah. I use that and it, and that is – and I like that. Like I yeah. sit there in the place where he would sit playing the game that he would play and that gives me a sense of something. So it's yeah. that same thing which is like it's not good or bad. There's just how you're going to choose to use it and what you're going to do with yeah. it. So, and But again, I deleted it off my phone because I was like I could just be keep playing yeah. this game all the time. <laughs> yeah. And That's I needed to implement a strategy. It helps. Yeah. Being, yeah. Being a, having the, the issue yourself, it does help. Yeah. Like we were saying before, like I like when I look at when I look at my kids and I see the similarities to me, I kind of use that as a tool to kind of help guide them away from mistakes. But it's the differences I, I kind of go, oh, this is going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, what are they going to do now? Cook? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, go, we, better wind, we better wind it up, Dan. We, yeah. we ran out of time. Um, yes, bo- let's book him in, yeah. Dan and Dan. Mm. Please come back because oh, I really want to go back together. Oh. It could be. Yeah. Unbelievable. Here we are at <laughs> the fear. <laughs> I don't want to be bad, Dan. Anymore. No, you don't have to be. No. You can be, Maybe yeah. Nice. Yeah, thoughtful, Dan. It's like Simon and Simon. <laughs> good Dan and good Dan. Oh, my God. We're Mormons. Well, you know, the, the, more, the more Dan's, the more dangerous you are um, in karate. Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. That, oh. We need a third Dan. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? I do. All right. We've got, thanks a million, mate. I really appreciate thanks for having me. this talk. Yeah. I enjoy great. it. Excellent. Thank you. We'll see you soon. podcast was recorded at Castaway Studios in Collingwood. Here, we provide affordable, accessible, professional podcasting production facilities to the full range of podcasters, all the way from basic studio hire right through to full season production packages. You can get us on castawaycollingwood at gmail.com or just look up Castaway Studios on all the social medias. 